Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to V with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Bruce Campbell, the show of rum, cognac, and so many more amazing things. Today's guest is the amazing Brian McCullough of Mason Frond, the grandfather, for founder of some of the brilliance of the Dallas cocktail scene. We talk about it all here. We talk about fatherhood. We talk about failures. We talk about successes. Everything in between. And I'd like to say that this, if there was such audiobook on tape for Brian's life that this may just be that conversation with a little bit of monster magnet love thrown in just for some fun. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Brian McCullough. Yeah, man, I, I, I think Dallas is it's a great city. I think there are a lot of things that make it a great city. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's things I don't like, and there's things that I miss that I wish Dallas kind of did have. I think I wish there was a little bit more of a, an outdoor experience that yeah, isn't so yeah. maybe spread out outside of the city. But sure. um, I mean, other than that, the economy is great. Uh, but what really what makes it up is the, I mean, the community of people, man. I mean, it really is. And I, I, I speak on this a lot. Yeah. You know, if you're just to take you know, the cocktail world, you know, the kind of thing that we kind of exist in it here. Insular little yeah, world. That, yeah, that that, that that little world. But that community, there's no there's no riff or back and forth. You know, everybody kind of supports each other, right. which is really kind of like a, a wholesome piece to this industry. Sure. So, but Dallas is good, man. I'm, I'm, the economy is great. You know, a lot of things are able to happen, and they continue to. When you talk, when you kind of step outside of the cocktail realm and the hospitality realm, What's opportunity like here? If you were a guy coming in, maybe wanting to start a family, wanting yeah. to get a job, how is it for that? And I mean, just I mean, the city alone has. I mean, I couldn't even put a number on how many headquarters there are here. Yeah, I mean, Free to Lay for one. I mean, I mean, yes, yeah, I think you, Samsung's you know, got an Samsung. Yeah. I mean, every, I mean, there's 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 so many headquartered companies. I mean, Toyota's just come in, State Farms has come in. Oh, okay, and so there's there's so, the economy and the growth in the city is just astounding yeah so you know you may live in the burbs but it's very affordable to live in the burbs if you know if you're in that if that's what you're looking for right so for a family man yeah and the school systems are great yeah because you know? you're a father right i am yeah my son's uh going to 10th grade 10th grade are you kidding me 10th grade you bro. can't be a year past 30 yeah, what are thanks, you talking man. about bro? Just keep counting the grays in my beard bro <laughs> man there really are very few though i can count them on like probably two hands yeah so well done on that yeah thank you man yeah he's uh he's a lot of my life man i you know we have a great relationship he, he goes to frisco so yeah. you know and you that's know, a good area right yeah speaking of dallas i mean it's kind of you say Dallas, you, it really encompasses all the way, really kind of, you don't want to even say Mesquite or Rowlett, right. but all the way to Fort Worth, uh, and then up to Frisco and down to Arlington. You got McKinney and shit You, know, you too, got right? McKinney and all that, you know, so it's, there's so much, there's, there's so many places to live and so many opportunities for people to work and, yeah. and things like that, so... Uh, it's it's great. I mean, it's great for that. It really yeah. is. Well, so so there's lots to talk about. I mean, we can talk about rum. We can talk about 
hospitality, but you know, one of the things. Rum. Jesus, <laughs> good. Again, it's like a Criterion. Oh, Fuck. Do you, yeah. do you like movies at all? I love them? movies, man. Do you know? Are you familiar with the Criterion Collection? I am very, very so, familiar. So an amazing plethora. back when back when you bought DVDs, exactly. I had lots of them. Yeah, dude. So I had a collection. Yeah, and I bought you know I would buy one a week, two, something yeah. like that. And there's and stuff ends up going out of print. Needed some money for the business. I sold my collection for like five grand. That's how sought after those DVDs are. Yeah, it's dude, crazy, dude. I used to go. So when I first when when my son was first born. Um, I would be working at night, and then I would come home. Yeah. But before I come home, I'd stop by Walmart, get my Similac and diapers, and get my day ready. It, it was just like me, my way of winding down. Yeah, yeah. So I just walk around Walmart for an hour. I'd I'd buy like two DVDs a, de- a night. That's incredible for like two years. <laughs> so I have like this astounding DVD collection. And so yeah, I've I've always it just sits in my back room and on a big bookshelf. And it's like I just look at it every now and again, like man. Nobody buys DVDs anymore. It's kind of <laughs> shitty. It's it's cool and it's not because right. Netflix just really makes it easy oh. to, to go watch a movie in like one click. Yeah. And you do though yeah. miss out on all this cool like director commentary, the interviews and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But I'm just I guess There's also the the idea of the package, you know. Sure. Oh yeah, it smells cool too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it really does. Like the paints and stuff, it's like baseball cards. Right. Yeah. 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 But it, so. What are you gonna do? Like, have you ever thought what you're gonna do with this I've, collection? Even I'm, uh, you know, I've, I think, uh, probably a lot of us have probably made the mistake of throwing things away that we grew up with, yeah. or you know, letting it go, or, your, or we let our parents let it go, and then as you get older, you're like, man, I wish I still had that. Totally. So I'm gonna hold on to them and give them to my kid. Perfect. You know, That's you know, a it's great like, gift. You know, it's, it's really not the same as like maybe having baseball cards or something else. <laughs> Still, it's like, what is this antiquated weird thing called a DVD? You know? I don't know what the, what, what, <laughs> what is, is this? this. But some of them, you'd be really surprised. Yeah. Some of them, like collector's editions and things that go, like Evil Dead had all these releases. Right. And some of those early Army ones. Army Darkness, bro. Fucking, I love Army. I, I met Bruce Campbell a couple times. Did you really? Oh, he's like one of my heroes, man. I love Bruce Campbell. How do you feel about the series? The Evil, like, uh, Evil Dead versus. I recorded them all, but I only watched a couple of them. It's, it's it's still a little slapstick and all that kind of stuff. But that's it's, what makes it good. Yeah, that's what makes it good, right? <laughs> yeah, Army of Darkness, the the turn of the, it's just Ash. I love Ash, man. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I had this. I'll tell you the story. Yeah, I used to run this bar called Jeroboam, uh-huh. um, and it was in downtown Dallas back in two thousand. It was really the first place destination spot in in Dallas mm. when they when it kind of the millennium, and me and a buddy of mine, Jack, who bartended with me, uh, we used to do the you know, Bruce Campbell bit, the ash bit. We mm-hmm. would say the one-liners back and forth and bust each other's balls and fuck with each other and all that. <laughs> and it's just like, all right. And this one day I turned around. It was like 5 o'clock in the afternoon on like a Tuesday or something. Yeah. Uh, and he's standing behind me, and I'm facing the bar, and, and Bruce Campbell walks right up to the what bar. What the fuck? Are you kidding me? And I, we just got done doing the bit. Just got done doing the bit. But, and Bruce, around, you should have seen the he's, bit. He's standing on the ladder, you know, stocking, you know, something on the shelves. And I just, I'm just... Looking at Bruce, but swinging my arm, trying to slap in Jack. He's like, what? I'm like, it's Ash, man. It's Ash. He's like, what? He goes, turn around. He goes, oh. And jumps down off the ladder. And Bruce, and Bruce Campbell looks at us. He goes, how you doing, fellas? <laughs> and he does this thing. He's like, man, this is the coolest thing ever, man. That's exactly what I would want him to say. Oh, and he like, and my buddy dressed up as Ash for Halloween that year. Yeah. And he goes, I was Ash for Halloween. 
And Bruce Campbell goes, "You'd make a great Ash because he does. He's got the. He looks like Bruce Campbell. He's really? got the big, he's like the real nice. He's got the chin, chin yeah. you know, good hairline. And I mean, Jack's an idiot, but I love him. But, <laughs> uh, but Bruce Campbell, he plays an idiot, and we yeah. all love him. So it kind of <laughs> it really works. That's incredible. Yeah, but it was really cool. And he stayed, and then he was doing it. Uh, he had that the book if big chins could kill. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He was and doing he's, that book tour, right? He's doing yeah. the book tour at uh, Barnes and Noble or whatever mm-hmm. it was, and I went and, and saw him the next day. But oh, I kind of got him he, he hung out for a couple hours. That he was with his publicist and all that. And he drank he drinks a uh, Myers Dark and orange juice. No shit. Yeah, yeah. that's Bruce Campbell's drink. Yeah, it's Bruce Campbell's drink. You know how yeah. important that information is to me. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because I, because I, you, you look at Bruce Campbell yeah. and you think, well, he's classically good looking. Especially look at those early Evil Dead movies, right? Yeah, and he's still got good hair, good chin, all that. I would be like, he's, he's got to be a bourbon guy, right? Right. Myers, Myers, Dark. Myers, and, and, and that was Amazing. back in 2000. I'm sure he drinks other things, but I thought it was great when he, he did that. You know, he was on, he was that supporting character on that show on USA Today, the spy show. I can't remember. Oh, that's right, the one on USA. Um, yeah. Oh, dude, what is it? Burn Notice. Burn Notice. Yeah, yeah Burn yeah, Notice. Yeah. And like, I think it made everybody f- fall back in love with him again. Of course, it was so great because he just played that perfect character, just yeah. aloof, goes and has cocktails. <laughs> Does the Bruce Campbell thing? The Bruce yeah. Campbell thing, man. It's a thing. It is a, it's a, it's a total thing, man. Thing. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So this is good. We get to talk about Bruce Campbell. I never get to talk about Bruce Campbell. Yeah, it's great. It's a great thing. I'm, I'm a big movie buff, man. I, I love it. Me too. And I like this rum too. I'm going to pour some more. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. Well, this will be good. This will be kind of the motivation for the conversation as we talk about rum. Cool. Multifaceted. Yeah. Dark, rich. Lovely. See, I'm just trying to like have a commercial here. <laughs> well, so what. It, how long now? Because you grew up in Virginia, is that right? Virginia, I did, yeah. yeah, Virginia. yeah. So how was it through high school? Was it through college? Yeah, no. I um, So I yeah, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia um, through high school. Yeah. And I was a good student to a degree. <laughs> I, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't the great student, but I was you know, you know good guy. <laughs> but, being, uh, being a tall guy, can, I don't want to assume, but were you into sports? I wasn't into sports. I played, you know, I played baseball, yeah. and I played um, uh, basketball, but I didn't play basketball for my high school. I mean, yeah. we had a great basketball team. We were amazing. Uh, very fortunate to grow up with that. Yeah. Uh, but I played baseball, but you know, struggled with some grades and didn't make my senior year team. And after... After all that, but I, you know, I I really loved where I grew up. I think it was probably the best place to ever grow up. What's what's what are some things like? It's just Virginia, man. It's four seasons. It's woods. It's streams. It's creeks. Yeah. You know, and Richmond's a cool old town, one of the oldest cities in the, you know, in the country. And it's just there's a lot of down things that I don't really like about it. You know, the whole Civil War thing. It's right. really so overly celebrated. So yeah, but you know, there's there's also roots of it about it that are. Are horrible, obviously. Yeah, that goes without horrible. saying. But, but that doesn't mean classical architecture is not beautiful. It doesn't, right? mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And 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 Richmond is not. Uh, I mean, Richmond is a great town. Uh, it really is. It's on the river, so I grew up on the river and yeah. kind of being an outdoor kid. Did, did the family like go do camping and all? Yeah, that we stuff? used to do camping when we were growing up and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I mean, barefoot and barefoot in the front yard all the time was you know a thing for me. Yeah, so. it's. I mean, it's therapeutic. Yeah. Did, did you know? I always took that for granted when I was a kid. We had beautiful Rocky Mountains around us. But yeah. did you like actually say, I want to hang out with my folks. I want to go camping in the world. Yeah, man. Yeah, That's we used to do it all the time. I mean, I, I mean, I, I grew up in Virginia, so we're like Pocahontas State Park was yeah. backed up to my neighborhood's property kind of thing. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. I, mean, I love it. My brother still lives there. Does yeah. he really? Yeah. My twin brother. Twin. Twin, just same, born same time or looks the same as uh, Yeah, born same time, July 5th. Who's stronger? Uh, well, he's, well, you know, he can, <laughs> he can jump higher than I can. <laughs> he plays volleyball a lot. Oh shit! Yeah, okay, still, still. But I mean, you probably got more strength. Those dudes are too lean. 
That's right. Yeah, yeah, see? I'll still pound them into the ground. See? That's all that we really need to know. <laughs> with right? love, you know. Of course. Oh, with dude, with a pillow, I'll beat, I'll beat him up. You know. My brother's five, six inches taller than me, yeah. skinnier. We'll still fucking fight. <laughs> Just, it's a remnant. This is how brothers are. Yeah, know? my brother, man, he, he, he plays uh, a lot of golf. Uh, he manages a construction company, and yeah. but he plays a um, uh, he plays volleyball all the time, and he actually does play. You know, played nationals, and they actually beat uh, uh, some former gold medalist Olympic people. And, no kidding. Yeah, no, he's great. He's he's fantastic. He's he's an amazing athlete. That's incredible. I used to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> couple of, couple of knee problems, and yeah, the beard set in, and I started eating too much and drinking too much and enjoying life too much. So, but uh, sometimes that's just what. Yeah, I still got it though. I just my vertical is just not what it used to be. (laughs) (laughs) But doing like QB and like jumps and Heisman jumps, you're all set. You still can do all this stuff. What kinds of things? So when I think about the hospitality piece, so you're all right. So not the best student either was I because school didn't interest me at the time. Only when I got older did it. You know, it's yeah. Some people interpret it or pick it up or I don't know. absorb it and express it differently yeah than other people at different times in their life i think that's totally true. i mean when i went back to school after i, I just to go back to yeah i grew up in virginia went to high school there but attempted college yeah what it what any major no 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 didn't have the grades to do that but <laughs> i went to a little school called lewisburg in north carolina and uh got asked to leave <laughs> so i left wait so, no hold on so. yeah well, you were too nice. I you were too, too I nice. I was too to nice. They said, "Listen, this is you're just <laughs> you're making us look. Bad, we're making us Brian. look bad. We need you to go." <laughs> <laughs> was it pranks or was it grades or was it a combination uh, it was of just, both? I, I shouldn't have gone to that school. I mean, yeah. they had like an attendance policy, and it was just yeah, it just it was it was it was a small JUCO college. Yeah. It was a prep school for a lot of baseball players and things like that. It was, it was an amazing baseball school. Yeah, a lot of those, every kid that played baseball there had their major league right signed away already. No kidding. I mean, I didn't attempt to go try to play, but it would have been a nice dream. But yeah. Uh, after that, I went to the military. I went back to Virginia for a couple months and ended up in the military. For, Which branch? Uh, the army. Army. Yeah. Was that is that any in any way a tradition in the family? No, it's not. I mean, my dad was. It was, it was that tradition, yeah. but it wasn't like like hey, you need to go to the military. Sure. Uh, you know that that was never a thing. But my fam- my family, uh, my family was in the government. Yeah. Uh, especially on my mom's side. What did uh, lobbying? Working in the cabinet? What? Uh, they worked for the. Uh, Agencies, they the, were, yeah, one of the yeah, major yeah, intelligence the, agencies, yeah, one of those majors, kind of like the central one. Oh, cool. <laughs> so uh, I kind of, you know, it's something we don't really. It's not that big of a deal anymore to talk yeah. about it, obviously. But uh, yeah, so I kind of grew up with that aspect no of my life. That's so was, was it intriguing to you? Always, yeah. yeah. My grandfather looked like my grandfather was claw, looked like a cross between Clark Gable and Sean Connery. Oh, that's good. Still, but, still hair. Uh, Connery with hair. Yeah, okay. Connery with hair. <laughs> Uh, he passed away at the end of my sixth grade year. It was a terrible loss for me, but uh, in the whole family, and he was the greatest man ever. Yeah. But I, I have this deep affinity for James Bond, and always have because it looked like Grandpa, man. So and, and, and my grandpa like literally traveled around the world and sent us postcards from Cairo and all these kinds of places, and it's really cool. Could and, have actually been yeah, a secret you know, agent. So my family, my mom grew up in U.S. embassies all over the world. No kidding. Yeah, my mom, one of my aunts was born in Ethiopia. And so my mom was born in Rhode Island. But um, yeah, they traveled around all over the place. Yeah. Lived in Iraq, Tehran, Beirut, all these kinds of things. With So it's pretty kind of things I used to hear on the dinner table. Did, did that, so the, when, and the people I've talked to, when their parents kind of moved around a lot or even meet abroad and get married abroad, did you have that wanderlust too, like that kind of curiosity about the world? I think that's probably why 
Yeah. 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 No, it's it's it's, it's, in it's, you, it's, man, it's created right? it's definitely created the romantic sort of intrigue in, yeah. in in my soul. So I I I definitely carry that around with me. I'm very proud of it. I just I you know it's really crazy to see the way this world is now yeah. and the way the world has been for you know the last well, always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for lack of a We're different, word. but the We're world's different. not. We're yeah. different, but the world's not, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, especially in the Middle East. So I really have this just this ingrained, curious yeah. spirit about me. About but it, but also probably pretty accepting, it sounds like. Oh, sure. 100%. Yeah, 100%. That's something that I think people sometimes are missing out. Uh, especially in this day and age. Yeah, because it's like, oh, I don't know. Where's the Middle East? I don't want. I don't want to go there. It's dangerous. The I kind of would want to go. I mean, but then you you have this inquisitive spirit. Yeah, comes from your mom, probably your father. Yeah, you know, my mom was. Uh, you know, as I grew up, my mom was the oldest of of uh, eight. Wow, Catholic? Uh, no, uh, Greek Orthodox. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, um, my grandfather was a was a Southern boy from Georgia who joined uh, the military. I think a year too early, kind of <laughs> disappeared, <laughs> found himself in uh, in the Navy, and then. Obviously, working for the government. Yeah, uh, my grandmother is this wonderful. She was a wonderful. It's about girl. four feet tall. I she think really that was. <laughs> my grandfather was six foot two, six foot three. Oh my, my grandmother gosh. was like five foot one. Yeah. So it's like you know she was she's like a hobbit in a <laughs> <laughs> really big contrast. And they yeah. had eight eight uh, eight kids, and my mom was the oldest. Um, yeah, it was wonderful. That's uh, a crazy thing. It really was. Well, so making this choice in the army, did you get deployed? Did you serve? I didn't. I served. Um, we were always on alert. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't. I did some interesting things while I was there, but uh, yeah. we were always on. It was during the the, the Bosnian thing. Oh, when Clinton yeah, was in Clinton, office, yeah. so we were always on alert and you know getting ready to. All right, go get your stuff and get ready to go get deployed. But that never happened for me. I just mm. we just we trained for it a lot. Sure, we trained for it. A lot. Then I blew my knee out and I I got out. So. But uh, what is it? Uh, honorable discharge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, honorable discharge. About how long were you serving then? I was in for about two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. Did you feel like so? You get kicked out of one college. This is good though. I mean, like I'm not holding against you. Yeah. No, no, no. That's a great fucking story <laughs> already, right? So you go into I'll the. I'll tell army. you the rest of that story off, off <laughs> mic. <laughs> no one died. Some punches. Some pantsing. Something burned. Way. Something. Something. <laughs> whatever. But did you feel like those two years? Those two and a half years kind of helped you grow up a little bit. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it really did. I, You know, there's everybody has their own experience when they do that kind of thing. And, yeah. and it, was, it was in between Desert Storm and the Bosnian conflict and these kinds of things. And I was, ended up in Fort Hood, and Fort Hood was going from green to tan. And it was just this whole weird thing. Yeah. And you're still growing up. You know, Because you couldn't have been more than, what, like 21, 22? No, I wouldn't know. Oh, I was 18, 19. Oh, shit. Well, yeah. Okay. You know, when I got out, I went back to, to college and uh, – you know, use my GI Bill to go pay for college and yeah. stuff like that. And How'd the second time go? Second time went well, way better. Yeah. <laughs> I, I failed out of algebra in my senior year in high school, and I got an A in it in college. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, just, so, you know, I think you, you grow and you develop a little bit. You know, everybody does that different. I think so. You know? Where, so where'd you go when you came back? I went to a, another small school called Garrett up in Maryland. Uh, my best friend that I grew up with was playing baseball there. Mm. He's like, come play baseball, man. You know, I come up here. You know, I was a writer, and so I ended up being uh, – Editor in chief of my college paper there for two years while I was there. What kind of writing? Just, just like I wanted to be a journalist. Yeah, no uh, that's what I wanted to do. Um, so I, you know, I did that to to some degree. You know, it was a small school, small yeah. paper, but it was it was one of my activities that I that I did. Um, it was really one of the only things I always got good grades at was yeah, writing. writing. <laughs> did you enjoy reading as well? 
Yeah, I I, I like to read, yeah. but uh, I'm I'm not I'm not a reader. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, not either. Yeah. I'm not. I fall asleep, man, when I read. <laughs> I do. I, I just like and I kind of struggle with that. That was I really procrastinated when I was in high school. Yeah. And a lot of it was because, you know, like book reports and things like that. You had to get through a book. You had to do something. And I just, for whatever reason, this is kind of my personality, and everybody will attest to this. <laughs> I hope. I, maybe they won't. I don't know. Uh, like, if I have one thing to do, yeah. I just need to do this one thing, thing. This one thing, Brian. You had one job, right? Do this, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I'm in a group and it's like, okay, you have one task to accomplish this one goal. Let's yeah. get it done. I can do, I'll do that. But if I just have this one thing that I kind of need to do, and I know I need to take care of it. Yeah. I'll do everything else around it and get all these other terrible, terrible, but no, terrible but flaw how, in my personality. But that's how a lot of people work, you know. It is, and so I, it's why I, I tend to operate better in a very multi, very busy environment. Yeah. Uh, because I'm able, I, I just function better that way. Just doing a bunch of different things, and it yeah, makes it's, sense. It's like Brian, I, you really, and, and this is me talking to me. Yeah, <laughs> Brian, you really need to get that done. I'll get it done, and then when I do it, I. I Tend to excel at it and get it done and really do it, right? But it just takes me a while to get that. But that's—I mean—that's interesting because so, and I don't know. Any, I mean, I could, probably could cite some specific examples, but it's just just kind of where just the way I'm wired, I guess. But you're interested in stuff. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, being intrigued by things around you means that it's hard to focus on one thing. There's you a know. massive world around us. There's massive tasks. There's so much to do. They call it ADD, but I just can't get around it going <laughs> for it. You know what was che- what's cheaper than Ritalin? Rum. It's a good thing. Speaking of that, you need a little bit more? No, I'm good. I'm, good? I'm going to sip this guy. Right, See, gonna... it's hard because it's like there's a fine line between being cogent in these interviews for me because I still got to be the one leading this thing. Right. You know. Sorry if I try to take it over. I won't. <laughs> I do like the no, rum. It's a brilliant thing. So when you think about the, the journalism piece, was there an opportunity to say, I actually can do this for a living? Was there a job on the line? There really wasn't. It's, it's, it's something I always wanted to do. I, growing up, I really wanted to write for Rolling Stone magazine. Oh, yeah. I really did. Um, because of the music? Because of the Yeah, film, I love is- music, man. And I love to write about it. I like to talk about it. I love to, you know, explore into it. Mm. Um, and that just really, it. when I left the college that I was at, and I came to Texas, my intention was to go to UTA and finish mm-hmm. my journalism degree and be a maverick and all that kind of stuff and play baseball. But life happens and, you know, you, you get distracted and you just didn't, <laughs> it just didn't happen. So, you know, I ended up, after about my first year of moving to Texas. Wait, so why did you move to Texas? Oh, well, that's, that's kind of a story in itself. Um, is it a girl? It was a girl. But not like that. She was, my, um, she was my best friend growing up. Her name was Lisa. Her name is Lisa. She's mm-hmm. still around. Uh, she lives in California. Uh, but we grew up together, uh, best friends all of our life. And um, when I was in the military, and after I got out, she she went to George Mason, mm. uh, same as my my kid's mom. No kidding. That's how long I've known her. Um, and they cheered for the Redskins. You know the Redskins. Yeah. I was I've always been a Dallas Cowboys fan. My brother <laughs> my brother was a Redskin. I was a cowboy, and it was like, "Why did you? Why were you such a Cowboys fan?" It's like, yeah, I don't well, know. I didn't go shopping. I didn't go buy my shirts. It's like, I was too, and I lived in Salt Lake City. So like, whatever. As, right? as long like, as I can remember, I was wearing a Dallas Cowboys shirt. Yeah. My brother had a Redskin thing. And I don't really know how it started, but I've just always liked the Dallas Cowboys. Emmett Smith, man. Yeah, my, I remember my very first book report thing that I ever book report that I ever wrote was about Tony Dorsett, and it was in the fourth grade. Oh no shit. Yeah, and that was the year that the L.A. Raiders beat the Washington Redskins in the Super Bowl, thirty-five to seven. <laughs> so I remember that very poignantly. But um, uh, so 
when she told me she wanted to, hey, I'd like to, I'm going to try out for the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders. I was like, oh, cool. I said, listen, if you make the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders, I'm moving back to Texas with you. And I had like a, a girl that was really, you know, thought I was in love with at the time. Right. But lived in Temple. Temple. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd, I'd lived away and, you know, we were doing the pen when people actually wrote letters to each other. Well, and you're a writer. Put it, put so. it, and put a stamp on it and mailed it. Yeah. You know, that was the way of communicating with the world. That was a great time. It was. It's kind of a bygone era, isn't it? That's right. Uh, just different mediums, I guess, now. But um, she made it. She, she, made, she the, made this she made the Yeah, she cheered for the Cowboys for three years, and I moved. I said that I got done with playing baseball and doing what I was doing at that college, and I said, I'm moving with you. So two months later, here I, here I was, and we lived in Bedford. What year, did, what year were we talking when you came in? 96. Oh, shit, okay. The Cowboys were great. Ninety six. Ninety six. Yeah, I want to say ninety six or ninety six or ninety. Well, yeah, maybe the end towards the end of ninety five. Maybe yeah. I can't remember how that all works. But a completely different era. Oh, we'll yeah. talk about that. yeah, and it was really shitty because it was like we just won all the Super Bowls. Yeah, <laughs> so it was, it was on the downs. It was on the downside. I remember the <laughs> yeah. first. You know, I got tickets to the, my first game, and it was the Patriots versus the. It was, it was a ball game. It was six to three. I was like, this is the most boring. <laughs> fucking football game I've ever seen in my life. I've never been to a football game. Yeah, like your first time. First time was like, seats were great. Seats were great. I was actually with an old army buddy of mine, my sergeant, and Mm. we went together. Oh, really? Yeah, because he he lived in, or still does, I think, North Richland Hills. Um, But yeah. So it was, it was. She got you, that's great though, because you guys were close friends. It was cool, yeah. You you know, very close. Yeah. How did that end up for her? She's still cheering and coaching. No, she, she ended up being the calendar girl, the cover girl, but she's always been this, uh, beauty pageant in the center of the stage, yeah, yeah. very performing artist kind of sort of person, dancing gymnast, and she actually owns a company out in L.A. and she travels around the world and does performance dances at like Sturgis. And, okay, yeah, it's really crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, really, you know, she's got a bunch of sexy girls that they go around and do this like USO troop kind of thing, and yeah. travel around and dance for soldiers and bikers, and it's all kinds of crazy. Sounds like a great project. Yeah, she's, she's, she has a lot of fun in her life. Promise. What were you doing then when you came into town in the mid-90s? Like, for work, you thinking you wanted to write? Did you just take I mean, I you... did. I, just, I wanted to go to school. Yeah, Arlington, you said, right? Yeah, UTA. It just never happened. Yeah. And I got some really sh- shitty jobs, and I sold guns in Fort Worth, like, legally. Yeah, sure. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> to, like, Fort Worth Police Statute Department. of Limitation. Statute <laughs> yeah, of Limitation. Yeah, yeah. So over so. Uh, there used to be this company called, like, Richmond Sports and Fort Worth Sports and these things, and they... It was a really national company. It was really nice, like like an academy kind of thing. Yeah, I was, uh, and I sold. I worked for the company in Richmond, and got a job here. Worked for them too. And I moved. Uh, and I was selling guns and things like that. Well, I was selling guns uh, in their sporting goods department. So, yeah, yeah. That's not a bad gig. It I was guess. weird, right? Yeah, you know. It's a, I bet you, I bet the clientele's weird. It, yeah, it's just weird selling guns, man. Yeah, you know, I, I'm. I have nothing against guns. I'm not a member of the NRA. I don't own any guns anymore or anything like that. But, yeah, it's just weird. Yeah. It's, it's weird how Texas, in a way, defines itself by its guns. It's kind of strange, isn't it? It's, it is. Yeah. I get the whole spirit, you know, the, the I mean. So, as a guy, so you, were, you, you have an interesting and, and an actual firsthand um, relationship with the military, you know? Most of us don't have that. So we talk, oh, we tout our guns, right? It's like, we, right. Never, we never serve. I've never served, but I'm also not out there right. talking about guns all the time, you know? Do you, knowing what guns do, having been around people that were really willing to be in the line of fire, yeah. do you, has your opinion on that stuff changed? I mean, my, my, my view with guns has always been the same. I think there's, there are 
rifles are fine, shotguns yeah. are fine. Hunting, hunting is a part of who sure. we are. You know, uh, it's there's nothing wrong with hunting. I think big game hunting. I'm not a fan of that. I yeah. think you know you you do that I mean, like big game. Like if you're hunting moose or something like that's different. I mean, I'm talking like exotic animals. Yeah, like just, rhino. That's what's just just what's careless. Come man. on, man. That's yeah. just get the fuck over yourself. Yeah. Um, but the you know hunting for a sport and hunting for for food is is nothing wrong with that. I don't. I don't think people should own weapons, right? Per se, and I think you can classify a gun versus a weapon, even though any, anyone can be a weapon. If people are trained and they're responsible, but you, you learn this when you're selling guns, you you do the two week waiting period, right? You, you fill out the thing and you send it off, and what's the point? Apparently, anybody can go get a gun anywhere. And, and so it doesn't even matter, right? What's yeah, yeah? There's such a giant loophole. There's there's so many vacancies in that process that just allow for. This our society to think that guns are okay, yeah, and it's not. You know, I, guns should be in the plans of the police and responsible people. I, I hate the open carry law. I think that is not oh, the wild man. wild west. That's just like that's just possible. It's, it's it's it fosters a a a, a conscience of so aggression. Yeah, uh, unnecessary. Like I need to defend myself when I'm walking into target. Right. Like there's actual tension when there's not. It actually creates it conflict. Create, it when does. It's not actually there. It, it creates conflict, and I, I don't think that's a healthy thing for this country. No, it's or not anybody. healthy for anybody. Anybody. So then it kind of begs the question. You know, you didn't make it to UTA, which is fine, and you're working in some strange jobs, as you said. Did you find a little bit of home and a little bit of family in the hospitality industry? I really did, man. I, you know, <laughs> I needed a job, and I wasn't happy doing what I was doing. Uh, and I, you know, I, I ended up this is kind of weird. I ended up working for this guy. His name was John. I can't remember his last name. And he sold like timeshare kind of things. Mm-hmm. He had this company called Horizon International. And so it's it it like the advent of hotels dot com. Oh right. So okay. he had he had this thing like, hey, I go and buy all these unused hotel rooms and resell them back to travel agencies and things like that. And this guy was doing this, been doing it for fucking years. But I mean, he like, missed out on that fucking was, wave, I mean, man. Yeah, I mean, but the guy, I mean, I don't know if you ever met timeshare salesman. Yeah, okay, right, fair. They're yeah. about the scum of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sorry if you're a timeshare salesman, but, you know, I, I, there was a, about a year where I had to be involved with people like this who sold things for silver leaf and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with guys, somebody trying to make a buck. Right. But I, I ended up working for this guy who was just a, an absolute crook. I mean, yeah. he's just an absolute crook. And uh, it, it really exposed me to this part of the world I didn't really know existed. <laughs> yeah, the, un- the underbelly. Yeah, kind of yeah. like the underbelly. And this guy was really generous with his money and kind of helped me in through that time of the year, mm-hmm. and time of my life. And, but he was still just like, I look back at it, like if there was a devil incarnate, <laughs> that guy I was in business with the devil. Oh, but shit. no, he was a devil with a smile on his face. You know, the devil always has a smile, <laughs> a smile on, his, on face. his face, and this and that. And he really was a person who you know went and bought a hotel. Anyway, and I was just like, I got to get away from these people. Yeah. And my, I met a friend of mine who my friend Lisa ended up actually dating for a second. Uh, worked at a place called the Eight O. Eight O. What is that? The Eight Eight Point was a, a an institution in Dallas. It was around for, at that time, about seven years. Uh, and I came in right kind of towards the back end of it where it was like the hot place in Dallas. Yeah. And this is back when the Cedar Street was here and Uptown was oh, really yeah. different. You know, Uptown was really cool, I think. I think it was cooler then, but uh, just because the way it was. And there's a place called the Velvet Elvis where it kind of like Dragonfly is. Nice, you know, it's yeah. It's like really rad kind of joint. 
anyway, uh, and I, he's like, dude, uh, I just quit there. You could go. They'll, they'll hire you. I was like, yeah, I just need money, man. I'm broke. I yeah. Need a job. What do you got? I'll get, I got, I'll yeah. do it. Yeah. And I went there and got hired. And I, man, I worked at the eight Oh for almost three years. I'm okay. Uh, you know, went from server to manager to bartender to, you know, right away. Yeah. And, and had a blast and learned, learned a lot about the, and learned everything about this industry really. And then, you know, started working a few other places and, you know, thought I was the best bartender ever. And <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> you know, but, uh, uh, it closed uh, right at after its eleventh uh, year, and I just moved, and then I moved back to Virginia, and that's really kind of where my my path really my path started in the industry at, at the eight o. Where did? But they had some in Fort Worth, yeah. So I had one in Houston. No kidding. So there's mm-hmm. multiple locations. Did Once, they all close? N- yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure they did. Their eight o may be still existing in Houston, but they also in the Flying Saucer. Oh, it's Shannon. Right. It's oh. Shannon Wynn. Oh, okay. So Shannon okay. Wynn is Meddlesome Moth. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Rodeo goat, tons of places. Shannon's Shannon's is really interesting. Really interesting working for Shannon. Yeah, because I learned a lot about how cool people could be. Yeah, because Shannon was. I, I I still have the deepest admiration for Shannon. He's really a a uh, pioneer in our industry here mm-hmm. in Dallas. His family, obviously, there's a lot of history. I don't know if you know the Wynn family's no, history, don't. but I mean, his brother's got a highway named after him, Angus. No shit, yeah, Angus Wynn Highway out in Arlington. He's but Shannon's just this. I always call him. He looks like Andy Warhol. Does he really? Yeah, yeah. Long gray and the, hair. And the 8.0 is this crazy thing called 8, eight Investors Zero Experience. So that's why they call it the 8.0. <laughs> and I get that. Yeah, it's it was kind of like made my spirit who I am a little bit. Yeah. You know, whatever. Free-spirited. Free-spirited. Winging it, but still being smart. Yeah. 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 And they're very creative and thoughtful in what they wanted to do. Right. And I was just like, I get this. I, I get it. It resonates with you. It resonates with me. What, what, why'd you head back to Virginia? It's the millennium. Yeah. And I just, my brother was getting married, and I just needed a break. I didn't think I wanted to be in Dallas anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got fired from the 8 <laughs> <laughs> Started working at Shuck and Jive, and that's when I, I started working at Shuck and Jive over off Lovers and Greenville and Shucked Oysters. But I, uh, Shucked Oysters to bartended. Uh, but I moved back to Virginia really because my brother was getting married. And I wanted to be back home with my family. And it, uh-huh. was, it was 1999. It was the turn of the millennium. And, you know, symbolic. An, as- an asteroid was going to come strike the Earth, and always does. That was going to happen. I should probably be around. You know, my loved sure. ones. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and I was still with my son's mom at the time. This was before him. Is that the girl from Temple then? Uh, no, this no. is uh, this is the girl from George Mason. She and she lived. She was from Virginia as well. Uh, okay. Uh, we didn't really cover that part of it, but yeah, it's, I uh, love love lost love, all of it. Yeah, love. Ugh. So we moved back, and that didn't really work out. And she moved to California with my friend Lisa, and I stayed in Virginia. And, both of us were on the islands of the country, and uh, after about a year, almost a year at millennia after the two thousand, yeah, two K, you know the Y two K, Y two K. Sorry, Y two K. My buddy called me, my uh, guy who got me the job at eight O. He said, "Hey man, I need a roommate. There's a job down here. They're making like five hundred bucks a night. What do you I, think? What do you think? Come on back." And I was making pretty decent money in Richmond and having a good time, but I, you know, I was like, "Yeah, I'll come back." I come back, and I, I did, and hell, I've been here ever since, and that was in 2000, so I've been, yeah. You've seen this thing change for 17 years and another 17 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. been kind of a pretty profound thing. seems like, did fatherhood and being a father really change the man? Because it seems like the, the military helps, right? It makes sure. you a bit more it ain't, ah, it ain't disciplined and disciplined. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Discipline. Was it the kind of the same definitive experience for you? Having to take care of this other person finally. Oh yeah, man. I mean, 
God, you know, I, I had my own struggles and, you know, you're, you know, you got your own personal addictions and your own personal things that you deal with. But when you, when you, you have a kid, uh, you know, that really changes you. And it really changed me a lot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'm a, I have a big heart. I know I do. And yeah. everybody will tell you that, but, uh, you know, it's just, yeah, it, it completely changed me and it makes you want to be better and do better for him. Yeah. And I think for a while I didn't know how to do that. I really didn't. Uh, I know I wanted to, and my intentions were always good, but I probably didn't make always the best decisions. But I love my kid unconditionally and everything else. And we, we got, you know, you grow up. And it certainly makes you grow up because yeah. you don't really know if you want to. <laughs> but <laughs> or, then you realize you don't have a choice, right? If you are. Yeah, yeah. And when you have a kid, you go, oh, I'm not grown up. <laughs> All right, it's time to grow the fuck up. Yeah. Or at least start to, let's get, let's get, down, the, let's get down the path, bro. Um, so it, it really changed me in, in the direction of knowing what, what responsibility was. Yeah. And that's probably, it definitely made me more responsible. I can definitely tell you that. Um, but you know, you still, you still grow as you, as a person. I think it just expedites things. It does. You know, and I'm, and I'm not a father, um, yeah. but I've seen it, you know, sure. with close friends, it just, it, it transforms them. Yeah. And some of them were, <laughs> you know, they were a wreck yeah. before and it really, really helps them kind of get things together. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, it, it certainly does. And for some people more so than others, yeah. and, you know. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that's just the way of the world. That's how it goes. Yeah. So then there's a chapter at the Standard Pour. Yeah. When did this kind of start to unfold? When did you guys open that spot? Well, you know, what led up to the Standard Pour happening, you know, I, I'll i go back a couple of years before that, is that I was bartending a place called Blue Collar Bar, mm. and I, I, I'd kind of gotten out of the business a little bit. I was just like, if this is the industry... It just got really stale for me. Mm. You know, I was working in the nightclubs and doing this stuff. It's just like, this is so unfulfilling. It just makes, doesn't make me feel good as a person. And yeah. Like, there's got to be something better out there. And I just wanted to get out. And I, I did this private event for Chris Zilke. He owns uh, Bolsa and oh, okay. Theodore and Smoke and yeah. all that. Uh, and been a longtime friend of mine. And I did their Christmas party for him. He's like, Brian, man, would you come over to the Belmont and Smoke and please help us out? And they just gotten this review from Leslie, I think. And so I said, Yeah, I just checked this place out like a few weeks ago. I was like, Man, this place is amazing. This mm. is so cool. I love this. I love the whole idea of it. And went there and you know, I started working at Smoke for two and a half years. And it, that that really changed that working at the Belmont and Smoke changed my life more than any other decision I've probably ever made in this industry. Because mm. I removed myself out of what was going on in my life. Right. People I was around. Not that I don't love my friends, and but you know you gotta you gotta you gotta do something different, and so that really broke the mold for me. So I went on this island by myself, yeah, and did the Belmont and smoke for two and a half years, and really just fell back in love with you know with the whole industry and what Tim Byers was doing, cooking over hardwood, and yeah. all these really authentic sort of real world things, really just resonated with me better than anything ever has. It's like great, and you know after that chapter was over, my friends were running Fousey. And own Fousey and like, hey, you know, you're not there anymore. Would you come over here? Would you like to do something? I said, yeah, I'd love to do something. Like, well, what would you like to do? I said, well, I'd like to do this. So we came up with the standard pour. And so then we created the standard pour. And it really, uh, out of leaving smoke uh, within that next, what, maybe 10 months 
uh, whatever. We opened March 23rd, 2012. Uh, yeah, I mean, leaving Smoke really was a really hard thing for me, Yeah, but one of the best things for me at the same time. It's weird because it's like, I think, we'll talk about music for a second then. Yeah. So Jimmy Page left the Yardbirds. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. But it was an okay decision, apparently, yeah, yeah, starting Zeppelin, yeah. right? So yeah. it it's one of those things where you think you're in the greatest thing ever. Yeah. You know, the faces, maybe. You know, Rod Stewart thinks from the faces. Then he goes solo, and then things really break up. So maybe that's what had to happen, you know? You had to join the new band, or you had to go solo, in a sense. Really did. To really see your career take off. It was, it was interesting, because going solo... Starting it yeah. and then leaving solo from that same thing were two of the best decisions that ever happened. Isn't that crazy? So I, I really attribute all the experiences that I garnered <clears throat> garnered with all the crazy, crazy, sweaty, hot days and <laughs> smoke-filled nights yeah. at, at Smoke and Belmont, uh, which, you know, a lot of work. It's hardest working, the hardest working gigs I've ever done. And, and But it was so rewarding in, its, in itself. Right. Uh, it, it, it really... I mean, it, it readministered my whole belief in, in the hospitality. Mm. And then when I left, it, it, it led me down the greatest path that I've had. So It's crazy how that works. It really is. And, you know, you got to believe in, once you've kind of clarified your life a little bit, I think you're, when, you, when you're able to make better decisions. Declutter? That's de- a word. When you declutter. Yeah, yeah. When you're able to make, you know, well, just better judgments. Yeah. Uh, I think your life will kind of, lead you down a better path and it certainly has for me and you're still involved with smp right oh yeah man yeah. oh yeah yeah uh i'm not there on a uh, a daily basis i'm not really behind the bar anymore uh i am when i'm needed to yeah um but i want that for my other guys and you know i'm just i'm i'm think i'm in a period of growth again yeah you know uh i we we have such a wonderful thing in staring poor uh it's the best family i've ever had my partners there are just they're the best, man, mm. and they've really, they love me and I love them. They allow me to do what I need to do, uh, and they allow me to do what I need to do for them, and they do for me. I mean, it, it, you can't really find um, a group of guys. I, I certainly couldn't have thought that I was going to find a group of guys like that right. who were just like the, <laughs> John and Brian and Brandon and James and Scotty. I love you guys so much. I mean, they're just, we laugh, man, yeah. and we just, we 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 find responsibility in what we do together, but we find humor and and brevity in what we do together. Sure, and it's it's a wonderful thing. And our I I, I hope and I, I know that they have. I know our staff picks up on it, and I know our guests do. And it's been it's really been the best thing, ever. Sometimes when you meet the the trio, you meet the the foursome man. It's yeah. just, it, you can't can't change that. It's you got to stick with it. It's keep writing records. You know they found. The way they put this team together with, you know, another partner of mine, Justin Kelhoff, and, and, and myself and Scotty, you know, we really ran the operation with James uh, for Standard Poor. And John and Brian were just like, and, and Brandon were just like the, the head cheerleaders, like cheering us on, mm. doing it and making it happen. And it was, it's been a, it's been a, a fantastic ride, man. Wild ride. It's been a fantastic ride. Um, well, you know, you talk about Rolling Stone. I mean, in, in the 90s, it was a massive thing for me. Same thing with Spin. It was like yes, really exciting yeah, yeah. stuff, you know. And I'm kind of curious, you know, when you think about this journey, which has had really particular steps, kind of moving here and growing and fatherhood and all of that. What's a band that's really been with you through those 
steps through that growing through that transformation what's a band that you really always go back to everybody well my my close friends will tell you my favorite band is monster magnet no shit yeah bro. can i can i share one oh, bit please about, do bro so love monster magnet <laughs> yeah no I'm, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm a willy guy true and true i mean i love i love all music but my, i mean that's just been my band man so they were playing in houston 1997 nice. there was a band called far opening up for them friends of the Deftones from Sacramento and those much smaller band, but they're on Epic at the time. Sony, the monster magnet was big shit at that point. Right. Yeah. So I'm walking. I'm just blown away that you just, you Oh, you love monster. Magnet. Oh, that's so awesome. Fucking love him. And that's we, incredible. so we wanted to go meet the band that we can't, you know, like, of course we're going to see monster magnet, but we went to see kind of the opener and we walk around the back of the abyss in Houston, which is a dank old bar. It's not there anymore. I think it was a fire hazard deemed hazardous or something right so we walk back and monster magnet has their massive van excuse yeah van's the right word massive bus that's actually probably more accurate and we're walking like god whose fucking bus is this like it must be monster magnets at a massive single at the time and we kind of looking up through and looking up through the windows and all they're doing there's about four tvs going all the way back kind of like how now and you know expeditions and shit you have those uh-huh. rear seat tvs all it is is lesbian porn like through the whole <laughs> The whole thing, dude. Honestly, in total, it's probably eight screens, but four, like four the same on each side. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. You know, and that's all. They're, they're not even in the bus. They're it's like just, doing dinner or something. It's, it's not a hobby, dude. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. Like, Rick, we're going to be out. We got to make sure we're maintaining the, the rep. And they had, it, I was like, this is it was fucking amazing man it's amazing because you could see it clear through the fucking bus anyway but that's monster magnet oh. and that, i'm really pleased to hear you say that oh man but, you, yeah, i mean there's a really good friend of mine named josh robinson who works at uh used to work at victory uh victory park you yeah. know those out in east texas or west west texas and he was a diehard monster magnet fan Dude. too he's like you know god it's gods and punks is an album that came out and i was just like i mean i just yeah, they just they when I, you're talking about space uh, space lords space lords yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that was a, that was that single that that's mat. what captured, yeah, that's what captured me and then I go like what is who what is this right and when I went and bought that CD and I listened to Power Trip I was like what this, <laughs> like this fucking I mean, my whole world just opened up I was like this is what I've been missing my for a long that's long amazing time. man no you know I am I mean anybody asks you or tells you, Eric B and Rakim. I mean, Rakim is the greatest yeah. MC ever, and I am a diehard Rakim fan. I mean, diehard. Yeah. I love hip hop, man. I grew up listening to hip hop. I grew up, you know, D'Angelo. If you know D'Angelo, yeah, sure. Obviously, you know, we went to high school together. We were in band class together. You and D'Angelo, yeah, went to high school. Together. Yeah, man. He was fucking kidding me. I used to come over to my house, and you know, sometimes my mom would have to take him home and stuff. And just, wow. He was he was the most incredible music talent you've ever met. Seems like a good dude. <laughs> You guys still he didn't keep look in like touch? that in high school. I mean, no, right. He's, he's probably definitely lots. styled it up. <laughs> but uh, he would he could play any instrument by ear. No kidding. I mean, amazingly. That's crazy. I mean, he was he was one of the most gifted. I mean, he is the most gifted musician I personally know. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't, it's not like I call his real name's Mike. I don't. Hey, Mike, what's going on? <laughs> but know, that's still, man, that's incredible. Yeah, thing, you know, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Had a, Virginia Foster some really good talent. Yeah, great, some really good talent in, the, in in that genre of music and a lot of music for that matter. But. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, I keep... Is it Ray Acuff? I mean, hee-haw. No kidding. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I don't think it's Ray Acuff. Anyway. Um, so good stuff in music has been this kind of like but supporting Magnet, thing. Monster fucking Magnet. <laughs> Monster fucking Magnet. Never 
thought we'd be talking about Monster Magnet. Yeah, you know, they released a bunch of new stuff. Of like, course. Yeah, dude. I yeah, got I tried on vinyl, keep... Cobras, and, Cobras and Fire. It's good? Yeah. Right. Man. I, yeah, they, they're a special band, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I'd got into it more when I was kind of a teenager, but I probably like it more now. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, so we've got a couple other things to talk about. We're here during Barnes and Toot in Dallas, which is Killers in Austin last year, 2017 yeah. here in Dallas. How was it? How did the, uh, yes, yeah. How was the class today? Oh, it was great, man. I mean, I uh, didn't have a empty seat in the room. Killer. You know, I didn't, when Lindsay asked me to do, I mean, Lindsay and Brittany asked me to do a class for the Euro thing, mm-hmm. or the, you know, their, their traveling thing back a few months ago. And Mike Martinson and I did it together. So we both went through a rough experiences of having to close, you know, our, each, our new restaurants. Yeah. Which was a, you know, very difficult thing. And I was just like, hey, would you mind talking to people about that? Even though it's a very sensitive issue. Sure. Uncomfortable. I'm like, I talk to people yeah. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and for a while, everybody's probably sick and fucking tired of me talking about it. We uh, get it. You feel yeah, something, Brian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it was a very difficult thing. Um, but it, it's actually, it's, it's such a difficult thing that it actually makes it easier for me to talk about. Because it's not something I like. I mean, it's personal. Sure. You know, I mean, you know, it's mo- listen, it's I money. Mean, it's time. It's, it's money, all it's time. It's your it's your future. It's your kids' future. It's, yeah. it's all these things. And people tell you, I mean, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. It's like you need to know how I'm doing. Just ask. Just ask or look at me. You know? <laughs> it's not very hard. So, um, you know, you kind of bury your soul a little bit, and, yeah. and you kind of tell you. But what I I cherish most is if people can walk away learning from my mistakes and know what what led to those mistakes yeah. and things to look for and things to avoid. And that's what I really talked about is the do's and don'ts of, of you want to own a bar? You want to open a restaurant? Well, here's some things to do. Hmm. Make sure you do these things to the, to the upteenth, you know, right. Whatever. And, and things not to do and make sure you, you don't do those. Cause these are, and these are the consequences. These are, this is what can happen to you. And this is what will happen to you. Yeah. Um, as you make these, if you make these decisions and, and these sorts of things, happen um and i it was really difficult for that for me is i knew it but being invested with a, another partner who are you kind of leave a lot of control over to yeah uh it was not something i was comfortable with and i wasn't comfortable with it in the beginning when it happened but i was traveling uncharted waters for myself and mm-hmm. i opened center poor but i also had a team you know i didn't open center poor by myself good god no uh, I mean, it was it was Brandon Hayes and, and James Hayes right. and John and Brian and, and and Justin with me and Scotty. These are the things that made that happen. And here I went a little. I, I should have had a better team, but against my own better judgment, I let him kind of direct the path that we went. Even though I said, "Listen, yeah, <laughs> I've got something tried and true here that we can just plug and play. Let's follow this. What works? Let's yeah. follow what to the letter what works." And you know. Didn't we didn't do that, and it, it it you know led to its demise. And when you think about the class, I've, I've been through some similar stuff. Um, you know, I own a distillery, so I'm looking at P and L's, I'm looking at taxes, all these right, kinds yeah. of things, right? And I was afraid to talk about it, not with my wife necessarily, but like in, in close close friends. I'm very very open. Um, but when things aren't going so well, you have to close, you have to shut down the business, whatever. I was looking at myself and I kind of just judged myself. I thought I was a failure. I thought that I really didn't give it my all, you know? Mm. I could have done better than that. Yeah. Did you go through those kind of motions oh, too? Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, it was a it was a very dark time for me. Uh, 
through September and through October and November. Uh, and it, 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 it was really hard for me. I really struggled with a lot of things. You know, you have these thoughts and you have these things like, what the fuck are you going to do? How are you going to do this? Oh, my God. What, yeah. what, how did I let this happen? What, you know, and especially you're only, you're less than a year old, you know. Yeah. It's different if you look at things and you've been down the been down the road a little bit with this business, or you three years in and four years in, and you've got something to reflect back on. But when you look at it, you go, "Jesus Christ, this is how this started." And it and there's certain things I, I talked about in the class, you know, we don't need to discuss right now, but <clears throat> that I kind of led to, and, and it's like you get these red flags immediately, yeah, and then you just you, they're like markers in your timeline, you know, totally, you know, Jesus, I when I said that was going to happen. That happened. happened. When I said that was going to happen because that happened, yeah. it happened. And, you know, it was, I certainly did, man. You know, felt like a huge failure. I, you know, honestly, I still do feel like a huge failure because yeah. it's something I, I feel like I failed myself in not letting and in doing better. Yeah. And I know better than that. And, uh, but at, at the same time, you, you've got to, you got to learn to let it go and you got to, you got to, get back on something and, and do it and i'm trying yeah. to do that right now when when you kind of pay it forward which is a really valuable thing for sure. people that we go through these experiences being older you know and we it's like the first wave or the first line of defense they're the ones that sort out the minefield man yeah you know and so that's gives some insight to those other groups right does that make you feel better it's, being able to make sure that people uh, do not fucking do bro, that bro nothing makes me feel better than than and than helping people avoid those sorts of things. Yeah. Nothing makes me feel more better about myself and that you know, than than being able to help other people. Yeah. Uh and you have a certain ways of being able to help other people and, and if people can take away advice from me, I appreciate that. Yeah. I know a lot of people look at me as a mentor and things like that. And I'd like I'm a dad, I want to mentor my kid and I want to mentor my my staff and things like that, but I don't really want to. It's kind of a weird thing to say. Maybe people think I'm wrong by no. saying this, but but I don't like to consider myself a mentor because I still learn from other people. You know, I you're I think, not done. You yeah, know, I'm not yeah. done. I'm not done. I, I still need to be mentored, but I do want to be a, a positive influence in people, yeah. and I do want to be a, a somewhat of a sage for people because mm. I I think I definitely have things to offer there in that in that realm of uh, in that realm. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I do know that I, I have you kind of carry that weight and responsibility yeah. around the community, and I, I understand that. And I appreciate it. And at the end of the day, if you can help people, it's all that and, matters. And combine really. the community a little bit, and, yeah. and and I think certain people are put on this earth for certain reasons, and maybe that's one of my things because I'm good at that. Yeah. I know I, I'm a good rallier, man. I'm a good head cheerleader. Rallying the um, truth. And hopefully, that's... Pe- hopefully people listen to me when I say the good things, not the, right <laughs> the good things, not the, the bad things. Good with the bad, though. People take that. When did you, different, yeah. When did you start working with uh, Maison Ferron? Well, I, I've always supported Maison Ferron. Benef- I mean, you were in the plantation rum shirt, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful shirt. Amazing goddamn rum. OFTD. Oh, fuck that. If we had that stuff, we wouldn't make it through the interview. <laughs> It'd be great, though. It would be. Um, it's, it's fantastic, man. Uh, I've had a deep admiration and respect for Alexander uh, and that company for a long time. I was introduced to their gin 20 years ago. Citadel, right? Citadel. Yeah. Uh, it's a phenomenal gin. Uh, it's, it stood the test of time, and it's a great product uh and as as well as 
Pierrefront Cognac. When I opened Jeroboam, oh, we, yeah. had, we had the Pierrefront line at Jeroboam. And I hadn't experienced it, didn't really know too much about it. Mm. And that really opened my eyes up to well, Maison Ferrand. And I've been a supporter of, of them ever since. Yeah. And I've done a lot of brand work for people. Uh, done a lot of work for Zodiac. Uh, the owner of the company is a friend of mine. and Really fortunate with the Zodiac thing. I got to meet Casey Musgraves and do a whole sort of video campaign with Casey. And cool. She's amazing, yeah. sweetheart, wonderful person. Uh, I love her music, love her as a person. And so there's a lot of brand work. I mean, having the Standard Poor and doing the USBG and all these scenes, I always say I've probably done more brand work than most people. <laughs> But uh, being able to to work uh, directly with Maison Ferrand now uh, is is awesome because the products are fantastic. I love the rums, man. It's a I fucking love killer. I love, the I love the cognacs. Yeah, and everything. Uh, what people don't understand about Maison Ferrand is, or maybe they do, maybe they don't. But you know, it's just Alexander, and then there's Guillaume Lamy. Yeah, and then there's us. <laughs> so there's not like like you want to ask something, you just. Send an email or call Alexander. Yeah, and it's uh, the the whole team. Uh, Greg Duxakis out of every Houston is a dear friend and a great and a mentor. Yeah, like I said, I I love being able to learn from people. Uh, but it's 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 been a great experience so far. What so of this stuff? Because we all know plenty. I mean, again, OFTD, OFTD. I was in Paris, and that's the shot that I I took it up dirty dick because that's they're like yeah, I was with Steve Shooter, yes, dude. I was yeah. just, I was I love I mean Scotty Scotty Shooter. I was with him, you know, all week at Tales, uh, this, you know, last two weeks ago in New Orleans. And Scotty, I hadn't met Scotty before. Uh, and Scotty's great. <laughs> Dirty Dicks is a great bar. It's an amazing bar. There. Oh, my God. But I got to hang with him and Paul McFadden and, and all the guys for, for the for the week. And Rocky Yan is just one mm-hmm. of my dearest friends and, and Docs, obviously. But the the whole company as a whole, and Adrienne Stoner from Lost Lake, is, she's just, she's the jam, man. But, it, the company as a whole is just really, they have this ingrained genuineness about, it's about the product, yeah. and it's about the juice, and it's about the the process of making what goes into that bottle. And they believe in it, and, and they let that be their mark yeah. rather than just like, how can we make the most money? It's, that's not their focus. And Alexander will say this to you. It's like, he doesn't care about money. He cares about how good that product is going in there. Yeah. And and he's the one who handles it, and it's him. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. No, it's great. I mean, there's two people who really really make what what, what goes on in that in that bottle, yeah. uh, in every in every bottle of all the stuff. And it's it's really it's about as hands on as it gets. I mean, it's lovely stuff, dude. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, and there's a, you know it's got this cool kind of cult value too. Yeah, that states that yeah. stick is fancy. Uh, the pineapple. Dude. Yeah, dude. The Come OFTD. On. Yes. This is a three star, man. The three star. I so I owe. For me, as a non-bartender, I like the crispness and the wild kind of almost natural nature of plantation. Yeah. That and a truly dark rum combined. Yeah. And that's like, that's it boom. for daiquiri. It's, yeah, it's, it's perfect texture, man. Yeah. Takes you everywhere you want to go. It's fantastic, man. You get a little bit of that Jamaican funk. You know, yeah. that th- the funk is really important. Funk is great. So I got two questions left. Yeah. You know, we've been on this interesting journey. Talk I'm about pouring this, another man. rum, by the way, from Barbados. <laughs> John Garrett, uh... You're Brandon, one, Lion, Scott, the whole fucking group. You're one of my favorite fucking people. I love you. <laughs> one of mine too, actually. So, 
uh, you know, you know, we could spend an hour talking about music, man. I'm sure we, we could. could. We certainly could. But I, I suspect this will go in a musical direction. But I ask everybody this question now. Let's say you're sipping whatever you want to sip, maybe some OFTD, uh-huh. maybe some wonderful cognac, I don't know, yeah. at your favorite bar in the world. And you can sit there and have a drink and have a conversation with anybody, living or deceased. Who would you love to just sit there and talk with? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, that's a question. It would be my grandfather. Oh, man, Sean Connery. It meets. Be my grandfather. Would I even not even a question? Yeah, I would love to sit and have a drink with my grandfather. I had nothing. Did you know him quite well before sixth oh, grade? Yeah, yeah, you know, he's a good dude. He was. He was. Uh, I love. I love him. Still love him, and I miss him. But yeah, yeah. I wish I. Could, I wish I could know. Who we like? I wish I could get to know him as a as a as, as a an man, adult as right. a man. You know. Like that would be amazing. I'd love to have a martini with him. Yeah, you know, we didn't really have a whole lot of booze around my house. I mean, we had wine. My mom didn't. My mom didn't really drink. Like in my house, there was always like amaretto or Kahlua <laughs> or Tia Maria. Yeah, it was kind of funny. I <laughs> my brother used to get mad. I used to like take, <laughs> I used to like take vanilla extract and like things and <laughs> dump it into the <laughs> into the milk jug. Sorry, mom. <laughs> I used to do this. Uh, like pour him right into the milk, especially if it's like halfway down. Yeah, that's <laughs> awful. It's probably one of the things that led to my demise. But, uh, but my my grandfather had you know little whiskeys down you know little yeah, bottom of the hutch. But uh, yeah, it would definitely be my it would definitely be my grandfather. I would love to talk to him and hear about all the things that he he did and just there's so much I would ask him. Yeah. So much I couldn't even I don't even know where to start. It's hard, you know, when you become a man, the true meaning of a man and the the people that were really important to you when you're younger, you yeah. know, that were older, like you're not capable no. of sipping what is the finest facilitator of conversation, man, yeah. you know, sipping just a few whiskeys, you know, that's something really, really precious. Yeah, it really is. It makes a lot of sense. Maybe aside from my grandfather, maybe Tesla, Nikola Tesla. You didn't drink though, apparently. <laughs> Bastard! That'd be pretty cool. I'd love to pick his brain. It'd be man. pretty good, man. <laughs> I'd, love, he, I'd love to figure out what was going on in that guy. Smelly guy. Apparently, didn't take showers. Either. But there's a lot. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation about Tesla. I will not pretend to be an expert yeah. about him. Oh yeah, everybody tell you I'm, I'm an ancient alien. It's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's a fun, it's a good show, it's man. Show. The guy with the hair <laughs> or the lack of hair. It's that's a great show. Hair. He's, he's great, man. I appreciate my great kill. brothers. It's amazing. <laughs> All right, so the last question for you. So you've done some brand work. You're absolutely a mentor to the community. You're doing Bar Institute chat, so you're an expert ultimately. Now you're still living life. You're still learning, right? We all are. Is there another big milestone another big notch on your belt that you're still wanting to achieve here there there yeah there most definitely is um can't really talk about it you know is it a business thing yeah you know there's there's things that i want to achieve there's things that i want to do uh um like i said i'm in me personally uh actually just talked to my partners about this yesterday I'm in a period of, of I think, growth for, yeah. for myself, and I, I look forward to it. I'm excited about it. I'm still going through a lot of struggles from from 
you know, the last year and a half. Yeah. Uh, as as obviously, but I'm able to kind of navigate down that path a little bit easier and figure out where I want to go and what I want to do and and doing a little brand work and and things like that and stepping away from changing my daily routine has been a has been a huge help for me. Yeah. But yeah, there's. there's you definitely. got you there's, got something. There's, there's definitely another chapter coming. I can promise you that. It's like a Star Wars sequel, man. No one talks about that shit <laughs> yeah, ever. I, you know, you got you got lofty goals and expect, you know, dreams and aspirations. Yeah. And as you get older uh, and and further down your career path, at least you know, this is my industry. This is our industry. Um, you're you're able to hopefully re- be able to realize some of those a little bit easier. Sure. Uh, and hopefully for me that is will still be the case. And I certainly um, am looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, patience is a tough thing for me, man. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I wish I was a much more patient person. Um, and I'm not just, I, I wish I was a much more patient person. I, I get excited, and people tell you, I get excited about things, and it's part of my personality, just who I am, and I'm not going to discredit who I am, because yeah. part of what makes makes us up who we are is our our dna is ours but there's definitely another chapter coming and uh i really hope that uh we'll be able to talk about it soon enough man soon enough it'll sooner be good. Than later but even later like i said <laughs> will still be soon enough <laughs> so, <laughs> keeping um, the audience on the edge hey, of their man, seats sit, sit on your seat eat, eat your junior mints and 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 eat the popcorn and we'll see what happens but the sequel uh, it's coming. Sequel will be coming some at, at some point, um, and whether that, what, no matter what it is, there's 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 more to what I'm going to do than what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Uh, not that I'm not extremely blessed in my life. Right. Extremely blessed in my life. Uh, Trigger's Toys has been an amazing thing that I've been very fortunate to be a a, a ground floor part of. Mm. Uh, Chef for Farmers, Standard Poor. The USVG, uh, and and tons of other charities and things that I'm involved with, and just the community in general. I love everybody. I always, I always like referring to semi pro. <laughs> no, yeah, keep it tropical, man. Everybody love everybody. Everybody, <laughs> um, it's good. But uh, yeah, there's there's definitely another chapter. I'm not done by a long shot, and uh, I'll be hopefully taking a lot of people with me wherever I go. So we'll let the listeners figure out they'll fill in the gaps well hopefully wait he's gonna take people (laughs) hopefully they're intrigued i don't know i think they will they've got to be intrigued we'll see we'll see we'll see but man it's good i'm finally i'm so glad we got to finally make this happen me too bro i I really i i i've I've been so humbled every time you you've asked and i like you know hendrix man sure hendrix is my love josh yeah josh is my homie man and i got a lot of homies all of them. And I love all of you. Love you all. Uh, and I know there was a couple times, like, hey, man, come on. You want to get on the scene with me and Mike? Yeah. I was like, bro, I got to work. I can't, right? you know, I can't break away or whatever. But it really means the world to me to, to be able to sit down with you. And do it. Especially thanks for the rum. Man, sipping rum. Sipping having, rum with you, having a little chat. Great yeah. conversation. It it means a lot, man. And I'm glad we finally did it. I think this is important. I think it's important to talk about our lives. We're not... You know, it's not braggadocio. We're not self-aggrandizing. Yeah. We've been through some shit. It's time to talk about it. It's therapeutic, and it really, it, 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 it's it's good. It's therapeutic, man. Good. And, it, it, and, and thank you for allowing me to talk. 
it's just a pleasure for me man thank you man yeah it's been really good and Brian, now we're going to keep in touch even more than before, mate. Monster Magnet, bro. Come yes. on. Like Monster Magnet. 2007. Wait, no. We'll see. Thanks uh, so much for chatting, man. Man, I love you, brother. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. Well, there we have it. The wise man himself, Mr. Brian McCullough, now Mason Ferrand, bringing some lovely cognacs and some astonishing rums to the masses. Still one of the more influential and mentoring kind of guys in the Dallas cocktail scene and it was a pleasure to learn about his life learn about him as a father as a fan of great rock music and being a vulnerable guy you know he's it was an honest chat i mean there was moments there right there are things that we feel that sometimes you know behind the bar we're not really inclined to get into and brian sharing that stuff with you man it was really a lovely experience one of my favorite conversations yet so thanks everybody for listening to show to v with mike g no matter how you're wondering why on the third season of Monk did the woman change all so abruptly, or if you're thinking my parents are coming into town any moment, I really got to get this house in order and really, really clean. Please keep dancing.